Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Another very busy news day, but there's so much BS that it's my job to cut through it tonight, and I will. We are being misled. We, all 350 million of us, including illegal aliens residing in the USA, we are all being misled. And it's going to come back to hurt all of us. So that's what I'm going to run down tonight. First, Mr. Biden's schedule, nothing as usual. And I say as usual, over the last week, you hadn't had anything. So he attended a memorial for Susan By, Birch Bai's uh, widow, uh, who died recently. Okay, that's nice. You're supposed to be a problem solver, Mr. President, aren't you? How many problems do we have here now? Colossal problems. And you have nothing on your schedule. Why don't you schedule a meeting with me, and I'll tell you how to straighten this out. All right, so let's do the lead story. Um, And I really am sorry to say this because I do respect the office of the presidency. I told you uh, for the first time in my career who I voted for last fall, and that was Donald Trump. And I told you why, Um, because I believe Joe Biden could not do the job. And I am right. Not alone. Uh, Sean Hannity and Mark Levin and, and a whole bunch of them said the same thing. But in my assessment, there was no party politics. I'm not saying there were in in the other precincts, but it was just about Joe Biden, can he do the job? And the answer to me before the vote was no. So no matter, I understand why you might not like Donald Trump, but he did a decent job on policy. And he was treated horribly by the corporate media. Those are two very true statements that I just made. So we put in there a a man who just can't do the job. And now it's coming to light that he's not telling us the truth, blatantly. Now, other people call it a lie. I do not do that because my language is precise. I don't know whether Biden knows what he's saying from hour to hour. So I'll say he's misleading us. Okay, so let's run it down. Afghanistan is the tipping point. So we have Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. We have Kenneth McKenzie, commander of U.S. Central Command in charge of Afghanistan. And then we have um, Austin Scott Miller, uh, another Army general uh, who was advising in Afghanistan. And then we have the Secretary of Defense. So all of them agree that President Biden was told to leave a residual force of between 25 and 3,500 U.S. military in Afghanistan to make sure there wasn't a debacle. All four say that. Biden says, I I don't know. No, 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 it was divided. That's not true. That's not true, okay? So when asked point blank, the minister of propaganda, Jen Psaki, who, by the way, is ordered to say things, She doesn't just say them based upon what the fact line is. She's ordered to say them. Watch this. Go. Back on Afghanistan, the the president said his military commanders were split. We now know that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, the head of CENTCOM, General McKenzie, and the commander on the ground, General Miller, all recommended that the president keep 2,500 troops. So who 
and his military advisors told him it'd be fine to pull everybody out. Okay, I'm not going to get in specific details of who recommended what. Well, you're fired. Because you're not going to get into them. The American people have a right to know. We spent trillions of dollars in that country. And you're not going to get into it? You? You're fired. Get out of here. You're not serving the public. We need to know if somebody of weight, of stature, advised Joe Biden to pull everybody out and not leave anybody there, who that person was. Oh, I'm not going to get into it. This is stonewalling. Okay, this is what, uh, you know, you see this and just go, what the deuce is going on here? And still, 24 hours later, we don't have any answer to that question. All right, Millie, he's got to go. But not for what you think. Not for what you think. He's got to go for a specific reason. I'll tell you why in a moment. But in the Woodward book, Bob Woodward's task was to make Trump look as bad as possible. Woodward's done it four times, okay? And so that's what he did in this book. So he quotes a number of things um, about what Milley did and said. Two phone calls were made to the Chinese military by Milley, one before the election, one after the Capitol attack. And in those calls, Woodward describes what happened. Millie sees it a little bit differently, but Woodward's got tape, I'm sure, so Millie can't deny it. But from my point of view, analyzing everything that's been written and said, I don't think Millie intended to subvert the United States government. I don't think he did. I could be wrong, but it looks to me like he was just a alerting our main military adversary, thank you, our main military adversary, that everything was going to work out okay, and Millie himself would guarantee that. Shouldn't have done it, but it's not a capital offense. The more important thing is the Nancy Pelosi thing. Okay, so here's what Woodward writes. This is bad quoting Pelosi. But who knows what he, that's Trump, might do. He's crazy. You know he's crazy. He's been crazy for a long time. So don't say you don't know what his state of mind is. He's crazy, and what he did yesterday is further evidence of his craziness. But anyway, I appreciate what you said. Madam Speaker, Millie said, this according to Woodward again, okay, I agree with you on everything. All right. So that looks like Milley is saying to Pelosi, yeah, he's crazy. Trump's crazy. It's what it looks like. Milley says today, quite clearly, look, I wasn't commenting on the president's fitness of mind. I was commenting on we have to be very careful about the nuclear code. Okay. Number one, Milley should have been talking to Pelosi in a secret way because all military people are supposed to be apolitical, all right? So he shouldn't have been doing that, and if he did it, it should have been public, not secret stuff. Millie answers to Trump. 
That's chain of command. Okay? Millie went out of the chain of command. Therefore, Millie should be fired immediately today. In addition, Millie admits to talking to at least four reporters, all of whom hate Trump. In a secret way, a furtive way, a sly way. Wasn't public. So Millie had to know that this talking to these people was going to be used for politics. Because that's what Woodward's book is, political. We hate Trump. Trump is dangerous. Buy my book. Millie knew that. So he's got to go. The United States military cannot be political. And let me back into something I'm going to do in the mail segment. You get a lot of mail defending the lieutenant colonel who is now being uh, cashiered and he's in a brig for criticizing what happened in Afghanistan. Many of you are sympathetic toward him. And his point of view reflects my point of view. But he can, as an active duty officer, go out publicly and undermine the chain of command. And that's what he did. He should have quit, resigned, and then done it. But if you are an active military officer and you are undermining the chain of command, you've got to go. You're going to be charged. He'll get a dishonorable discharge. That's what will happen to the lieutenant colonel. But you can't say he can do it and Millie can't do it. The military cannot operate in any political way. And if you can't abide by that, you have to resign your commission. And Millie should be fired. Now, will Millie be fired? I think so, because he undermined Biden. But Millie may have something on Biden. Remember that. So I can't, I don't know how much longer Millie can stay there, but I don't think much longer. There's no credibility, none. Left hates him because he undermined Biden. The right hates him because he screwed everything up. But the bigger picture, the bigger picture is that Biden can't do the job, as I mentioned. Can't. His secretaries, look, Blinken, Secretary of State, anybody have any confidence in that man? No. How about the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas? Anybody have any confidence in him? No. How about the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin? You got confidence in Lloyd? Roll the tape. Are you capable of assessing whether another has the will to fight? No, we're not. And uh, that's the point that the chairman made earlier. That's just like an incredibly disappointing thing for the secretary of defense to simply say, I can't assess whether someone has the will to fight, but it is consistent with your record. Okay, so that was an incredible statement by the secretary of defense. We spent trillions of dollars training the Afghan army, outfitting the Afghan army with the best weapons in the world. And we did that for 20 years, 20. And the Secretary of Defense can't assess the fighting capacity? Come on, this is beyond anything that I've ever seen. Again, you've got a Secretary of State who doesn't know what he's doing, blinking. You got Mayorkas down on the border 
overseeing 2 million foreign nationals coming in here. We don't know where they are. We don't know if they have COVID. He hasn't done one damn thing to stop it. And then we have a secretary of defense who goes, well, I I can't really assess the capability of the fighting force. What? And then a guy who's running the show, Biden, who doesn't know what's going on. This is chilling. And if you don't think this is going to affect you directly, you're crazy. Because this is now going to extend into the economic area. Dollars, your ability to buy things and make a living. If you think Biden's some magical guy who's going to be on top of the economy, you're out of your mind. Now, I'm not speaking to you who's watching me now. I'm speaking to the people who supported Biden. I mean, he's just, it's just way beyond anything I've ever seen. You may hate Trump. You may have hated George W. Bush, or you may have hated Barack Obama or Bill Clinton. You may have hated their guts. But none of them comes close to the incompetence of Joe Biden. And that is the historical truth. And that's why I'm spending so much time on this. Now, still enabling um, Biden is the corporate media. And I had a I had an interesting exchange with Sean Hannity on a radio. We've got to post it on BillOReilly.com. So I watched three cable news programs at 9 p.m. last night simultaneously to see how they were handling the Millie Biden stuff. On NBC, MSNBC, but it's NBC News, okay, um, the woman at 9 o'clock led with the Capitol attack. That happened January 6th. That was her lead story. On CNN, the lead story was how conservatives have been unfair to General Milley. (laughs) I'm going, what? And Fox, Hannity, he covered it correctly. But Rachel Maddow and Chris Cuomo, they don't want to go near it. That's corporate media. Actively misleading the American people. Such an important part of all of this. All right. So I I hate to put a gloom and doom on the country right now, but we're in trouble. And you're going to write me, what can I do? What can I? You can't do anything. Now I'm talking to you, my audience. Nothing you can do except get out and vote in the midterms. And then, you know, discuss amongst yourselves in the communities in which you live what the deuce is going on. Tell people to watch this program or listen to it on WABC in New York. Because we're going to tell you the truth here, where most of the other media will not. And that's why we're in this mess. All right, Florida, it's suing the Biden administration the Attorney General Ashley Moody, under the direction of Governor DeSantis, filed suit against the Biden administration, saying that its failure to enforce immigration law puts all Floridians in danger. That's the suit. Also, executive order by DeSantis says that he is not going to cooperate with the federal government in relocating illegal immigrants here 
who are already in the country to Florida. And he's ordering his uh, police, state police, that to detain anyone bringing illegal aliens to Florida. Now, against the law there. Now, this lawsuit, I don't know how it's going to work out, um, but it's big. And, and I expect other states to follow suit. Um, will ultimately it win? I, I, don't, I don't think so, but it'll be a long, drawn-out thing. And it's a political statement, as we all know. All right, let's go to COVID. As I uh, predicted, uh, COVID cases are declining. And before Christmas, uh, it should be much less intense than it is now. I said that because the more people who are vaccinated, the fewer cases of COVID there are. That is a fact, okay? And as vaccinations rise, not only in the USA, but the world over, COVID cases will decline. They will not go away because a percentage of the population refuses to get vaccinated. And I don't tell you to get vaccinated. I've never told you that. I told you that I'm vaccinated and why I'm vaccinated. And I tell you what the situation is when people in a country do get vaccinated. Okay, what happens to COVID? So the World Health Organization reports that There is a drop of COVID cases worldwide by 10%, okay, in the last week or so, 10%. In the USA, COVID cases fell by 31%. That's a big drop. So you see all these public service announcements, all these athletes now, all of this stuff. The more vaxxed, the lower the cases. And there is no argument about that. If you don't believe that, I can't help you. You shouldn't be watching me. Because that fact is in stone. Um, COVID cases worldwide, now more than 231 million with about 5 million dead. Thank you, China. New poll about should your kids or will you get your kids vaccinated? Now, this is a little misleading because it comes from Axios, which is always misleading. So it's under 16 is out of it. Only the poll is 16 and up, almost adults. 44% of parents of children, 5 to 11, said they are likely to vaccinate their kids. 42% are unlikely to do so. Okay? But... The litmus test here was 16. So it's evenly divided here. And I think that's the way it'll play out. I think half Americans with kids under the age of 16 are going to go, no. Over they go, okay. And we're seeing that in San Diego. The unified school district there will mandate vaccinations for all students over the age of 16. All right. And they voted uh, yesterday to do that. So if you're in San Diego, you're a high school junior or senior, you're going to have to get vaccinated in San Diego. The Vatican's ordering everybody to be vaccinated in Vatican City. Vatican City is a country, okay? It's a country. So everybody has to be vaccinated by Friday, this Friday, this coming Friday. Or if you aren't, you're not going to be admitted to St. Peter's or even into Vatican City. And if you work there and you're not vaccinated, you're going to be fired. Pope. YouTube is uh, banning 
anti-vaccine activists and organizations. So YouTube, if you are an anti-vax organization and activist like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you're banned from YouTube. However, if you have a personal story to tell that's anti-vax, YouTube says it will allow you to make your claims. But this shows you the power, the growing power of these social media companies. They can just shut off dissenting points of view. I don't want to shut off dissenting points of view. If you're an anti-vaxxer, I don't mind you being an anti-vaxxer. I would never tell you to get vaccinated. That's not what I do. And you have a perfect right to say whatever you want to say. My advice to you, once again, is to consult with your doctor and do what he or she says. That's what I did. Okay, another COVID story is that all over the country, criminals are being let out of jail and prison, and prosecutors are dropping charges because of COVID. Um, And this is leading to violence all over the place. So the jails are COVID hotspots. A lot of uh, officials here in New York, it's happening, letting prisoners out. Hey, get out, get out. It's COVID. Get out, you go back. See you. Don't say you have to come back. Don't transfer them. They're gone. Prosecutors, no, 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 no. We're not going to even prosecute. You steal a car. Not a violent crime. No, we're not prosecuting. Go steal another one. Go ahead. Now, that is causing just absolute chaos. We reported yesterday murders in the USA up 30%. And it's more than that because New York, Chicago, and New Orleans won't report to the federal government, won't report to the FBI (laughs) because they're embarrassed. All right. Now, on a personal crime story, uh, many of you are following the Gabby Petito case. There's a young woman who disappeared on September 11th. She was on a trip with her boyfriend, Brian Landry, or Laundry. Brian Laundry, there he is. And uh, she disappeared. And then authorities in Wyoming found her dead. It's a homicide. Now, there was an incident between uh, Ms. Petito and Mr. Laundrie in Utah. And the Moab, Utah police were called and did nothing. So now the uh, head of Moab Police Department is um, going on a leave of absence because he his force didn't do anything. Police Chief Brett Edge. So I wanted to uh, talk to a guy who knows the Utah law enforcement community as well as anybody and also knows uh, the federal government. Let's bring in Brett Tallman from Salt Lake City. He's a former U.S. attorney for Utah. So I wanted to ask you about Durham, too. We'll do that after uh, Gabby Petito. So what did the Moab police do wrong here? You know, Bill, this state is a state that has a no tolerance um, must arrest if you're dispatched on a des- domestic violence. And and here it's it's painful to watch the, you know, the <clears throat> the body cam of the police officers, because when they get there, they seem to have not have they don't have the right facts in mind. They um, they do the proper thing and separate the two. But somewhere along the line, they are told two times before they, they you know, inter, inter, uh, change you know, with these uh, individuals, they're told two times that the male was seen hitting the female on the street multiple times. That's by but a they witness, get there. right? That's a correct. Witness who, yep, that's- a witness who called 911 
told the police department a male was hitting a female. The Moab police then responded. And what did they do wrong? What they did wrong, first of all, is they asked, um, they asked, you know, Brian, did you did you hit her? He said, no, I pushed her, but he, he had inconsistent uh, marks on his face and on his arms that would suggest that there was a fight. Um, they asked Gabby and she is crying and I'm sobbing and she indicates um, that she kind of was 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 pushing and hitting him and says and denies that he hit her. So now they have an objective third party witness that has said that they saw the male hit the female and they, of course, have both of the individuals denying that. They, they have no choice. They have to arrest. They entertain for a second arresting her. And so they come to the conclusion that they want to talk to the witness. They talk to one of the witnesses, but they don't talk to the witness that saw Brian hit Gabby. And so at this point, they decide not to arrest Gabby, who they were thinking about, and they simply separate the two. That is a violation of the policy that their office has and of, of Utah state law. Do we know why they didn't interview the guy who called 911, the eyewitness who said that Landry hit Gabby? We don't yet. In fact, it was not public for, for some time that they were told that, that Brian had hit Gabby. Um, and that just barely came out. The dispatch told them twice that, that Brian hit her. All right. So they screwed up by not bringing them into the police station uh, and further investigating and trying to gather all the facts. That was the big screw up, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, is this Chief uh, Edge, is he the fall guy here or is he responsible for some of this? Should he be on administrative leave? Well, you know, I know this chief. He's a, he's, he's a good officer. He's a good man. I think he's saying he's probably at right at this point uh, going to be the one that says, hey, the buck stops with me. I'm taking responsibility. They weren't trained properly and they made some mistakes. I think these officers will probably be subjected to some discipline as well. But it doesn't surprise me that this police chief is, uh, you know, is taking the heat on this. Okay, let's get to the national uh, um, Durham report. On a Friday, the fiscal year runs out for the federal government and the Durham yeah. investigation may stop being funded. They have to um, elongate the funding because Durham's taken so long that his time is up on Friday, two days from now. Yet he issued an indictment. I'm sure you know about it for a mm -hmm. lawyer who was working for the Clinton campaign, who was feeding out all this bogus information, not only to the press, but to the FBI itself. This guy, Michael Sussman, is now charged with a felony. So how do you see this overall case? You know, it, it's aggravating and it's taken so long. It doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of detail in this indictment. Uh, I'll tell you what I think this is, Bill. This is, you know, Durham is setting up a, an individual that, um, you know, to be charged. And he brought it to the grand jury with a lot of detail to show that there was absolute manipulation in that story going into the election in 2016 about Russia and the, the, the covert connections with Trump. So what he's doing is picking the individual that he believes may have the most knowledge in order to identify the other members of a conspiracy. That entire indictment reads conspiracy. We just don't know all the players. And I, I believe he probably assumed that he would be, have the ability to, to squeeze Sussman, get information, and then expand. 
but you're right now you know it's all up in the air because the the government funding is going to stop and will the doj led by you know merrick garland will they then see this as an opportunity to stop the investigation you know, that would be a huge scandal if they do that so i don't expect that absolutely with all the yeah, you know, with all the trouble biden's having on every other front if he buries this my assessment of the investigation based upon the documents that i've seen is that Hillary Clinton's campaign paid for all this false, bogus stuff against Trump and involving Russia. That's my assessment. Yeah, that's right. We, we never had information uh, that connected the two, but we now have the billing records. And Sussman was billing the campaign for yep, all of that work he was doing to manipulate it. Yep. That's right. All right. So, again, the media will bury that story. We will not. Uh, Brett, just let us know when something happens or if you get any wind yep. of whether the funding is going to be extended. And we are on this. Good to see you again, Brett. Thank you for Great helping Great to see us. you, Bill. Okay. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Okay, in Vermont, um, probably the most beautiful place on earth in autumn, Vermont. So two towns there, Montpelier and Winooski. Montpelier is the capital of Vermont. Have um, issued local ordinances which would allow illegal aliens to vote in local elections. Well, that is unconstitutional in the state of New York. Quote, this is from the Vermont Constitution. Every person who will attain the full age of 18 years by the date of the general election, who is a citizen of the United States, is entitled to vote in the primary election. So Winooski and Mount Pelia say, ah, we don't really care about the Constitution, we're going to do what we want. Well, the Republican National Committee is suing the two cities, and the RNC will win. But this just shows you the anarchy that we have in this country today. This day in history, September 29, 1789, and this goes right back to our lead story about General Milley and Secretary of Defense Austin. What happened today in 1789? George Washington, the president of the United States, established the national military. Today, 232 years ago. Now, nobody knows this because it's not taught anymore. Many of the states, the new states, didn't want a national military. Why? Two reasons. One, they feared a coup d'etat, that if you had a national military, they'd take over the government and depose the civilian president. And two, 
mostly in the South, the Southern states, didn't trust where we heard that before, didn't trust the federal government, didn't want them to have the power of the military. What the Southern states wanted was state militias, and every state had them. So they said, no, we can defend ourselves and our own people. We don't need you having a national military. So Washington said, no way. We know we're going to get troubled by France and Britain, which, of course, happened in the War of 1812. We know that's going to happen. we got to build up a national military. So the first year, 700 troops. Then up into 1798, 6,300 troops. It went from 700 in 1789, nine years later, Washington then was out of office. John Adams took over 6,300 troops. Still hardly any. How about today? All right, let's put them up on the screen. Uh, the Army has 485,000 active duty members, 189,500 reserve. Navy, 346,2 active duty, 58,600 reserve. Marines, 178,50 active duty, 36,800 reserve. Air Force, Air Force big, 328,30 active duty, 73 reserve. All right, total active duty, 1,346,400 in the U.S. military, the most powerful fighting force civilization has ever seen. Okay, uh, we are going to deal with some controversial stuff in the mail. And then my final thought, it is Holly the Terror Dog's birthday week. Now, there's a story behind Holly that I think most of you will want to hear. I know some of you grizzle people. Oh, that's Holly. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the story about Holly in a final thought. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, let's get to the mail. Lloyd, no bill. President Biden lied about Afghanistan, COVID, the border, and his family's ties to China. 
Pop quiz, how many lies does it take to become a liar? Okay, look, I don't mind you, Lloyd, and others saying that Biden is lying. But that's not my job. My job is to be precise in my language and my analysis. Misleading is the precision word. He is actively misleading. Now, the definition of a lie, look it up. Yeah, it looks like Biden's lying. But for me, as a real old school reporter, I'm going for now with misleading. Colleen, concierge member, which means Colleen has direct access to me. That's a great program. Check it out on BillOReilly.com, if you will. President Biden needs to be impeached. Not going to be impeached. Okay? The Democrats control the House. Maybe if the Republicans get in next year, maybe they'd impeach Biden, but I doubt it. Not at this point. Tanya, Bill, an honorable military officer sits in jail tonight for criticizing a superior officer, and you say you understand it? That's disappointing. Chain of command, Tanya. Again, as I explained earlier in the broadcast, you cannot have active duty military officers countermanding their superiors. Then you don't have a military. If you have to do that, your conscience or whatever, you resign your commission, then you do it. You can imagine if every colonel, major, captain, lieutenant was going out doing conflicting statements to their troops, you wouldn't have a military. Okay? I hope I've made myself... I hope you understand my explanation. Chantal Leffler, El Cajon, California. The reason some people will never get vaxxed is because there's always a little doubt in our minds that maybe we will be the ones who will have side effects from it. It's always risk in life, Chantal. I always go for greater good. That's all I can tell you. Brian Mason Brink, Neptune Beach, Florida. Bill, uh, what do you say about Harvard suspending in-person learning despite a 95% vaccination rate? Harvard Business School had an outbreak of COVID. They suspended classes for first year and a few second year students until October 9th, I believe. Not the entire university. That's the situation up there. If you have an outbreak, you got to suspend. James Powell, Seoul, Korea. Bill, love the no spin news. Why don't you ever talk about voter ID? Well, James, I mean, I haven't talked about it recently, but I'm for it. I think any clear-thinking person is for it. You show an ID that you're an American citizen before you vote. I don't think there's any problem with that. Again, there's a problem with it in the progressive left. They don't want honest elections. But those of us who do, IDs, got to have it. Sandy Lehner, Billings, Montana. Bill, thank you for advice last week on visualizing everything going well in a stressful situation. I broke my neck several years ago, and I'm now in a nursing home. Well, the management of the nursing home has decided to combine two units into one, and that means a great inconvenience for me. But I visualize things working out well and have very little stress or anxiety about it. Well, Sandy, I'm so happy that you could use that. The core to this, and it was a final thought, is that... In your life, if you visualize success, 
If you visualize good things happening, they're more likely to happen. And I gave the example of a place kicker because I used to do that in college. If you see that ball going through the uprights, it's more likely to happen than if you go, if I miss it, if I miss it, your whole body tenses up and you're stressed. So, Sandy, you know, we wish you all the best out there in Billings. James O'Connor, Gunnison, Colorado. Uh, What are the cell phone rules for the Trump tours? Have tickets for Dallas. Well, first of all, James, we're happy you're going. It's going to be a once in a lifetime experience. These four history shows with President Trump. Um, We don't allow any recording of the shows, but you can take stills of us. Um, And again, we're going to be in Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Dallas and Houston in December. Great Christmas gifts. And it's going to be a once in a lifetime. I talked to President Trump last night and he knows that this is going to be a whole different world for him. And he wants to do it. And I'm here to make it happen. So anyway, you want a great Christmas gift. There you go. Um, Regret your 2020 vote yet? (laughs) I need feedback when you give these to people. What's the reaction? So you can buy them in uh, packs of five. Or if you buy any of my books, you get two free. Killing the mob still a hot commodity. But when you give them to people, what do they say? Give me some feedback on that. It's pretty fun. Word of the day, do not be malevolent. M-A-L-E-V-O-L-E-N-T. Don't be malevolent. All right, Holly the Terror Dog coming up next. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. So final thought of the day, Holly is six years old this week. Holly is a full-bred corgi. So about six and a half years ago, there, I'm going to do some pictures. There's Holly and uh, me in my backyard on Long Island. And uh, the terror dog likes the beach. So about six and a half years ago, my son came to me and said, oh, we got to get a corgi. I didn't even know what a corgi was. I didn't even know what it was. It's a Welsh dog. And that's a sheep herding dog. They use it for sheep herding in, in Wales so the sheep don't fall off the mountain. But in America, it's not easy to get full-bred corgis. So I had to go to Georgia. Uh, there's little Holly when she was two months old then. I had to go to Georgia to get 
Holly, Georgia's the Bulldogs, but I wanted a Corgi. And it was a nice lady who breeds Corgis, and you got to be careful with dog breeders. Very, very careful. But she's very nice. Uh, we, got, we got Holly, and Holly is, is just a great dog, I have to tell you. Loyal dog, very smart dog, has the loudest barks. A little dog, but when she barks, sounds like you got a German Shepherd. So that's a good thing for people you don't want around. But Holly is an excellent dog. Um, my children love Holly. She's an affectionate dog. Holly's a little territorial, doesn't intermack real well with other dogs. But if she sees a sheep, she likes the sheep. Not a lot of sheep on Long Island, but, you know. So anyway, um, Holly has 3 million Twitter followers. <laughs> Holly's way more popular than I am. So it's at Bill O'Reilly if you want to join in the Holly. Because I, I send out two or three pictures a week of Holly and whatever she's doing. I could do a TV series on Holly the Terror Dog. I, I absolutely could do it. And it would get fabulous ratings. I mean, a dog is hysterical. So that is um, the legacy of Holly the Terror Dog. Happy birthday to her. And we will see you tomorrow.